Hakai Magazine explores science, society, and the environment from a coastal perspective. Today's feature article is Banking on Bird Shit. Birds' feces contribute nutrient rich fertilizer to ecosystems. It's also been a big business for centuries. Written by Lena Zeldovich and narrated by Adam Dubow. Most everyone, at some point in their lives, have had a bird poop on their heads. It's gross, but it can also be taken as good luck, particularly if it's a seabird splat. That shit is worth serious money. Farmers in South America and a few other places have long used the nutrient-rich substance called guano as fertilizer, and it turns out that seabirds excrete up to almost 474 million U.S. dollars worth of the stuff per year worldwide, according to a new study. The authors see this finding as a perfect public relations opportunity for seabird services. We wanted to inform the general public about the importance of seabirds and the value they provide for humans, says Daniel Plaza Jimenez, a PhD candidate at the Federal University of Goiás in Brazil who studies food chains and co-authored the paper, published in Trends in Ecology and Evolution. But the value that seabirds provide to world ecosystems is much greater, Jimenez adds, a powerful argument for seabird preservation. Species like gulls and pelicans nest on islands along the Peruvian and Chilean coasts, mounding the rocks with their droppings. A lot of this guano stays in place due to the region's extremely arid climate, so the droppings attract local harvesters who scrape it off with shovels and sell it as organic fertilizer to farmers. But some guano flushes into the sea, depositing phosphorus and nitrogen. These chemical elements fuel the growth of phytoplankton, which feeds a variety of marine species, from snails to fish, that humans eat. When this guano deposition occurs near coral reefs, it can boost the reef's fish stocks by up to 48%. According to a 2016 estimate from the United Nations World Ocean Assessment, the annual net global economic return of commercial fisheries on coral reefs is $6.8 billion. If just 10% of coral reefs' fish stocks depend on guano nutrients, a conservative estimate according to the Brazilian team, that's $650 million a year. Combined with Seabird's annual fertilizer output, that adds up to over a billion dollars. The Goya scientists are only the latest in a long line of people who have prized bird poop. The ancient civilizations that lived along the South American Pacific coast used guano for agriculture for over 4,000 years, says ornithologist Pedro Rodriguez, who wrote a paper on the subject. The Inca, for example, harvested guano with boats, then carried it up to farmlands in the Andes on llama caravans, all the way up to Machu Picchu. One of the Inca's most venerated goddesses was Urpi Huachac, the Lady of Guano. Conscious of the importance of guano to the food security of their growing empire, the Inca developed strict policies protecting the birds that produce the guano and governing its distribution. Some of these policies banned people from landing on guano islands during breeding season and from stealing eggs. Anyone who killed the birds or disturbed their nests faced death. Due to the value that guano had to the Incas, I have no doubt that the penal code was strictly enforced, Rodriguez says. Other policies divided guano equitably between different provinces, taking into account the needs of each 
along with the size of the islands, and implementing measures to prevent overharvest, Rodriguez says. Essentially, the Inca implemented early conservation laws to make their fertilizer a sustainable, renewable resource. When Europeans realized that guano could boost their crop yields, it became a hot commodity on that continent too. Between 1840 and 1880, Peru exported an estimated 12.7 million tons of guano from its islands, making about $13 billion in today's currency, according to a paper written by University of Kansas environmental historian Gregory T. Cushman. Guano was so valuable at the time that U.S. President Millard Fillmore, during his 1850 State of the Union address, said his government should employ all the means properly in its power to get it. Not long after, the U.S. Congress passed the Guano Islands Act of 1856, empowering the nation's citizens to scrape the bird's bounty off uninhabited islands, caves, and rocks around the world with little regard to the local people that may have relied on it and sell it back home. Within a few years, the United States had claimed nearly 200 guano islands and mobilized its navy to guard them. Today, it still has ownership of nine. Swashbuckling Spaniards, meanwhile, used Guano Islands for political and economic leverage. In 1864, Spain seized Peru's guano-covered Chincha Islands and held them hostage for a hefty ransom. Given its economic dependence on guano, Peru had little choice but to pay. The Guano Wars finally came to an end in the early 20th century when German scientists Fritz Haber and Karl Bosch developed a method to synthesize fertilizer. Using high temperatures and pressures, they fused nitrogen from the air with hydrogen from natural gas, creating ammonia, a form of nitrogen that plants can absorb through their roots. The process was efficient, though it polluted the environment and ended widespread dependence on seabirds, as well as the lucrative guano export markets of Peru and Chile. Today, organic farming has brought guano back to the agricultural forefront, says Rodriguez. Throughout history, humans have used various animals' poop, including their own, to fertilize their fields. But the giant mounds adorning the islands on the South American Pacific coast represent a unique environment. For thousands of millions of years, the birds have been nesting there, says Rodriguez. They have meters of guano in these places. Threatened and endangered bird species deposit a lot of these riches. As bird populations drop, so will their fertilizing power, points out Jimenez of the Goyas team. These contributions will decrease in the future if no conservation activity is taken. So, the next time a bird unloads on you, keep in mind that it's a contribution to Earth's ecosystems. A gift, perhaps, from Urpi Wachek herself. Find more coastal news and stories from Hackeye Magazine on our website at www.hackeyemagazine.com. All of our feature stories are part of the Hackeye Magazine Audio Edition podcast, which you can subscribe to through your favorite podcast app. If you've enjoyed this podcast, feel free to share it with your friends. And don't forget to like, comment, and follow us on Facebook and Twitter.